0: Welcome listeners to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the word of God. God is good and uh, come on, we are not worried about technology and all that kind of stuff. You were about to hear a video uh, from one of the missionaries that we support uh, called World Compassion. And, and what I want to do today on your seat, you saw uh, there's an envelope and there's a, a kind of a next steps card. And you just grab that. You don't have to look at it quite yet. But what I want to do, and we're going to look at, Jason um, was going to share really what's happening at World Compassion around the world um, where he's reaching in their organization and you specifically are reaching unreached people groups and, and persecuted people groups all, all across uh, the, the, the globe where where people are hostile to the gospel. And so every time we give here, we're reaching people around the globe that are being persecuted like that. And then I was going to show you, and I think we have some, some uh, slides uh, just about um, what you've done so far this year. We are, we are going in right now, starting a season called Vision 2022. And so every year, we, if you're new to our community, we do something called Vision uh, Season, where I share vision, what God's kind of put on my heart for the next year, And then we all gather together on uh, the first or second weekend of December, and we have a vision offering Sunday where we give above and beyond uh, our tithe to see God extend the vision of His church and our church in this city and around the planet. And so I was going to show you a little bit of the missions uh, organizations that we're we're serving and that you're serving, and then I want you to check out real quick, it's a a slide, I believe uh, we have it, about uh, what you're doing every time you give here. These are the organizations that we support, so Generous House is obviously local. That's our local outreach. And then World Compassion uh, is the video that you did not get to see. (laughs) You might see it later today or next week. I don't know. And then Vapor Ministries, uh, those guys were in Haiti and Africa. They're using sports to reach the uh, poorest people on the planet. So when Jesus said, you know, I want you to reach the poor and and love the poor. And so you are doing that through Vapor Ministries all across our our globe, really. And uh, we're bringing water, education, food, um, so many things that we're serving, and then, and then training up young disciples through vapor. Uh, uh, Micah McKelvin. you've heard the story of, of vapor. He broke his neck and was paralyzed, and then um, God called him to go into the ministry. And so the word vapor was, was from the thought, your life is a vapor, and so make it count for the gospel. First Love International is in Africa. King of Kings Jerusalem is an amazing organization, uh, local church. That has um, about seven or eight other ministries that operate out of it right in Jerusalem, reaching all different types of people from from Muslims to to uh, to Arab to Jews to uh, just just there's an influx of people in Jerusalem. And so you are feeding people. Uh, there's a counseling center that they, they shut down a pornography house and started a counseling center. Come on, somebody. And that, oh, that that's that's happening um, giving away food every week, really helping. Uh, COVID's really done them a lot of damage and a lot of harm in Israel. And so uh, their ministry's taking a hit, but we faithfully support every month. Um, ARC, uh, so we're a part of something called ARC. It stands for Association of Related Churches. And so we are planting churches all across this nation and internationally through an organization called ARC. And so every month we give finances to see local pastors raised up to plant churches you are we are a church planting organization our heart as a church is to plant churches and we do that every week surge is more of an international church planting organization and you can check all these out online i just think it's important that you know what the difference you're making is and what you're sowing into and giving into and so surge they plant one church a day and and now that could be a, a little village church of 20 people um, but we buy motorcycles and transportation for local pastors. Uh, $5,000 can plant a church in, in one of these nations, right? And so we're planting 365 churches a day <laughs> through partnership ship with Surge. Children's Cup is all through South America, and um, in, in Africa, it's an organization that uses food to reach children. They dig wells and then bring food, and then as they begin to reach the children in that community, they plant churches to reach the families and bring the gospel into those areas. And I want you to know, all these organizations that we support, they preach the gospel. Come on, here's the thing. You can feed somebody and they can still go to hell. And so we believe that heaven is real and hell is real. And we believe that the answer isn't just a full belly, but it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, so we bring compassion and, and what they need. And then they preach the gospel and bring eternal, uh, the eternal word of Jesus. Isaiah 117 is actually a local ministry um, that, that reaches out to foster children and has a, a, a house to, to house them when they go through situations and they're removed from their families. And, they, you know, it used to be a, like a little room that the kids had to sit in. Right And they 've just been ripped out of their homes, ripped from their families, all the trauma that goes into that, and now they 're sitting in some little office. So this is an actual ministry where they 've built a home and houses that, that it 's a family environment, and when they get pull, pulled from the house, they can go and have a place that they 're ministered to and loved on until they get placed and then commissioned to every nation. That is a um, ministry that we reach in Burma and uh, uh, Burma and then also in the Amazon jungle. so There's a lot that's happening every time you give here. So I'm going to teach on vision and what our vision is in generosity. But I want you to see why I talk about generosity so much and why it's so important that we get an understanding of a generous church. Uh, Check out Generous House, which you've done locally. Here's some stats of our local uh, outreach, I believe we have. Um, This is uh, locally. Generous house. This is what just what we've done right here. We have a generous house. is right behind our church. It's in that building. We have an outreach center. Uh, in 2021 alone, 33,000 pounds of food has been given away. 1,923 people served food. 16,715 diapers. 280 served team members serving and 1,464 hours given to re- to serve into our community. Come on, you guys are. I'm just so thankful for a church for you. For your heart, the best is, is yet to come. We believe God is continuing to reach and serve. And, and I don't know, maybe you've uh, heard of Will West or you've heard his, uh, his voice uh, on the radio, but I'll, I'll just he came up to me and hugged me after. And you, you, some of you heard the story, his mom's here today. And uh, his mom, we love you so much. We have prayed for her. Many of you prayed for her. She was in a coma from COVID and many didn't think she was gonna make it. And we partnered when the diagnosis came through and God, God did the miracle there. And here she is. She shouldn't have made it. We love you. We're, we're. We're a, we're a reaching, praying, miracle-believing church, guys. And God is still on the move and still active. And that's why we have vision. That's why I'm going to teach and talk about giving and generosity today. And, and here, I want you to, before I show you this next number, let me say, when I'm asking you for, because I'm going to talk about money today and finances, I want you to see what we've given, not because of what we're trying to get. Check out, check out what you've done this year already around the world. We've given $114,268 away away. So, so we practice this. that We give to give. We don't give to get. And so I believe that we have made such an impact. Just in the last week, we gave away $14,000, $7,000 to World Compassion to reach Afghanistan families. And we got three families out of Afghanistan last week. Come on. You did that. And then we gave $7,000 last week uh, to ARC, uh church planting organization. That's above and beyond what we give to them all year. We just gave end of the year uh, seeds into what they're doing as ministries. And so I am so thankful. Would you give yourself a hand for all of the, the hard work, the, the partnership with God and the vision that we have. And so I just want to say thank you. And I, I think On your seat, there is um, a vision offering envelope and then a vision next steps card. And and this is what I want you to do. I just want you to take this with you and, and I want you to pray about it for about the next month, about until December the 5th. Our vision offering Sunday is going to be on December the 5th where we bring our best offering that day. We believe God for what we want to do that day and for what we want to partner with him for the next year. So maybe you bring your best that day or maybe you commit to the to the rest of the year. But we're going to all bring something together and believe God for what he's going to do this next year. So we can continue to not just like pay off a building here. Yeah, we'll continue to pay down this building and get rid of debt. but. We're going to do that. We're going to believe for a South Campus. Come on, somebody. We're, we're believing to reach uh, people all around the planet to keep giving and sowing. We believe we're doing a marriage conference this next year. We've got a men's conference and a women's conference. There's a lot of things that we're believing God for with vision. And we believe God's going to continue to extend our territory. What we used to do, and I, I hope you like this, um, we've changed a little bit of something. Uh, we used to give you a vision commitment card and ask you to put a number on it between you and God. Let me just say this. I'm not asking you for money. I'm going to ask you to ask God what he'd have you do, and then I'm going to ask you to obey God. That's, what I'm, that's all I'm asking you to do. Ask God. It's not between I'm not... There's no coercion, no manipulation. We're not gonna do buckets every week. We don't even pass buckets. Come on, we're giving away $115,000. I'm I'm asking you to just hear God and obey God. And so you can read about those steps in doing so. But what we used to do was give a commitment card and we had a commitment Sunday and you would actually write the number that you were willing to commit and you would keep part for yourself and you would turn part of that into the church. I just was under conviction and uh, prayed through and had some wisdom and some counsel in my life And I didn't want to um, continue to have people uh, write a commitment number on a card for the next year and say, I commit $10,000 or whatever, and then maybe lose their job or go through a tough time and feel indebted to the church. And so we got rid of where you would actually say what you're doing and giving and turning that card in and all that. We didn't want you to feel like, man, a pressure or that I'm, I'm, I'm in debt to the church. We want to teach God's people to get out of debt, not be in debt to the church. Come on. That that deserves a big hand clap. It's a big one. Let me help coach you there. (laughs) And so, I mean, listen, I just believe in God that you're you're here, God, and obey God, and that we'll do this together. And we're going to do this every year, and it's very, very powerful. And I promise you, eternity is going to be different because of your giving and sowing and seeding in this place. So, you can see on the back there's a little levels of what you can do and how an impact that you can make. But just pray with me. Let's all pray. Let's all ask God. I think we can do miracles together and hear stories together of this next year. And December 5th is going to be a huge celebration day. I mean, I mean think about it. I'm not going to ask you to show your hands, but I doubt. I really do. I mean, if you, if you did, then I need you to come see me after in my office. If any one person has given away $115,000 to missions and, 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 and Jesus organizations this year. If you have, if you've given away $115,000, I need to know you. Let's meet and talk today. You know, but but the thought is, I mean, think how much more we can do together. I mean, I I've, you know how much how much stronger we are when we're in it together, and what kind of impact we can make. That's what this is about, and so we're going to begin to believe God uh, for generosity. I'm going to talk about generosity today. Um, I've got about uh, i got several minutes with you, and I want you to open up your heart. and um, Jesus talked about money more than um, Jesus talked about money more than uh, hell and heaven and faith combined. Jesus was always talking about money, and a lot of times the church has gotten scared uh, to talk about money, and people get nervous to talk about money, and I think it's important that we talk about and communicate about money. We are a generous church. We're in a series called Foundations, and, and, and generosity is a foundation of our church. Uh, some of you know the story, some of you don't. Uh, Steve Reed, Dr. Reed's right there. We were on the board together when I first moved here. We had a board of about six, seven guys. And, and I remember looking at you guys and saying, hey, we're supposed to give away all of our savings, all $30,000 of it, right? And you had known me for six months. And you're like, this pastor's lost his mind and 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 he didn't really say that but i said would you guys pray about it and they're like yeah we'll pray about it and then and then the next couple days it was sunday i said have you heard anything from god And they're like no but we're with you pastor and and we'll believe god and so we gave away our entire savings i told the church and within 20 minutes after that service we had a local banker he'd been at our church twice he walked up and stroked a check for thirty five thousand dollars to pay for the missions organization that we gave the money away to it was a miracle and then, and then God supernaturally brought in the resources to renovate our old little building in Rocky Hill and we raised like $125,000. It was a miracle. My point, is, my point is the foundation of our church was radical generosity. The foundation of who we are as a church is radical giving. And so that's why I am blessed. That's why our church is blessed. That's why I believe we can give away $115,000 into the world uh, because we believe that God so loved the world, he gave. That God so loved the world. And I want us as a church to love our neighborhood. To love souls. To love the nations. One of our mission statements is experience God. One of the first parts of our mission is experience God. It's not okay if we just experience Him. I mean, it's, you're never more happy when you get to share. Who wants to eat birthday cake alone? No, you don't want to do that. I want to experience God. The world needs to experience God through who we are and our generosity. I'm going to give you a couple verses and then share some thoughts with you. Luke 6, 38. Give and it will be given to you. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, press down, shaken together. Let me, let me just slow down real quick. Who, who all believes the Bible in here? Come on, it's the word of God. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured out into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. 2 Corinthians 9 10. I love this verse. Now, may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Everybody say, seed to the sower. Yes. Now, may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. My title for today is very simply Don't Look at My Lawn. Don't Look at my lawn. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for generosity. Thank you that you're the greatest giver ever, that you gave your best. You gave your son. Jesus, we look to you today to learn more about our dad. Help us learn more about our father in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. You're a perfect picture of our father in heaven, that we would experience a good father today and that we would, we would listen and, and become more like you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I would tell you that right now. Don't look at my lawn. Um, I'm not a lawn guy, any lawn guys or girls in here. Uh, I I'm just, I'm not about that lawn life. I just, I'm not my wife, my wife loves to, to garden, Well, I, I mean, I say garden. She thinks when I say garden, like growing vegetables, when I say garden, I think like picking weeds, right? So, so she doesn't like to grow vegetables. She corrected me one time on this. She likes to plant flowers and what is that called? Is that gardening? landscaping. She likes landscaping. And so, and so for me, I'm like, cut it and God's going to do the rest. Like rain on it, Lord. You know, like, that's all I want to do is cut it. And, and, and that's, where, that's the extent of my lawn care. And so my lawn is pretty bad. The guy that owned our house before me had an immaculate lawn. I mean, when he showed me the house, I was wanting to see all the house. He took me to the shrubs and the bushes and the rhododendrons and the nononondrums and the and the and the, and, the, and the and the maples and the Chinese maples and the and the and the you know the what and this are the these are the, the things that come back every year. This is stuff that happens all the time. This, I mean, he just had all of it. Beautiful monkey grass. He's known for his monkey grass in the neighborhood. You know how many times I've run over that monkey grass? I mean, there was just, there was so much, and I, I mean, there was like ancient trees that he had planted and given them to his grandchildren, his grandchildren. And I'm like, oh, and then the pressure. And then about a month ago, oh, about three months ago, you get a phone call. He's coming to our home. We've lived there five years. The yard it does not look anything like. <laughs> Nothing like it. He's like, can I come by and get a clipping so I can plant an ancient tree in my new yard and give it to my grandchildren for Christmas? And I told my wife, I said, I ain't gonna be home. I'm hiding. I ain't going. I'm hiding. I hid. I hid. I hid. I didn't go home, right? Am I t- I'm telling the truth. I, she had to meet the guy. She took him around and after getting there. I said, Did he look at our yard? Oh my God. I'm so. Did he look at the yard? Did he say anything about the yard? Don't look at my lawn. Why? Why is it so bad? Because I do not use this thing called a spreader. I have it. I dug it out of the back of my garage. It's dusty, got cobwebs on it, got all kinds. Why is my yard so bad? Because I do not use this little device called a spreader. Why do I not use this device called a spreader? Because I have no seed. Why do I have no seed? Because I don't use the spreader. Why is my yard so bad? Because I don't use the spreader. Why do I not use the spreader? Because I have no seed. Why do I have no seed? Because I've hid this in the back of my, my garage and I don't need this because I have no seed. If I, listen, it's in my garage. If I intentionally decided to use this little contraption, if I decided I was going to use it, I would go and find seed. And I would seed my yard every year. And my yard would look beautiful. And I would, But I have no nice lawn because I don't use a spreader. God says he gives seed to the sower. He gives seed to the spreader. He gives seed. He doesn't give seed to the holder. He doesn't give seed. Seed does no good in the farmer's pocket. Seed does no good at Home Depot. It only works in the spreader. And many of us want award-winning lawns in our life. But the reality is we have not spread anything out in our life. we God to understand that God gives seed to the sower. He says it, and bread to the eater. I want seed. God will not give it unless you release it. God says, I will give it if you will spread it. It's impossible. And here's what happens. I get all fired up about every five years. Come on, somebody. I go to Home Depot. I spend $752 on fertilizer and lime and different chemicals and and seed. And I put all that out and nothing happens. (laughs) I tell my wife, this is the stupidest waste of money I've ever had in my whole entire life. I'm not doing it again, and I don't do it for another five years. That's how many of you treat generosity in your life. That's how many times we treat tithing and giving. It's like you tried it once, and you're like, you know what? This never worked, and the fridge broke, and the car broke down. Yeah, the devil doesn't want you getting consistent in generosity. It's something that has to happen every year, every month, every part of your life. You prioritize it, not just in a fired up moment, but like this is part of my life. And, and I love the verse. It says, He will multiply seed that you've sown. It, let me just say this to you the seed that you have given is not gone, it's multiplied. It's not gone. A lot of times we think it's gone, and I don't see it. But no, it's multiplied. This is on the screen for you, I think. If nothing is sown, nothing is grown. It's very simple. If nothing is sown, nothing is grown. Uh, I was at a friend's farm. He had about 100 acres several years ago, and he had this giant cylinder, this giant round cylinder. And I was like, what in the world is that? He goes, that's a fertilizer and a seed spreader. And I didn't recognize it because I had no reference for it. And, And so once he told me, I was like, oh, yeah. My reference was only for this little seed spreader for my little yard. And here's what I think. I think a lot of times we don't obey these verses because we don't recognize them because our reference is based on something that we're not called to. And so a lot of times we we don't obey the verse because we're looking at someone else's lawn and someone else and what they're called to be faithful in. I didn't recognize that giant seed spreader. I don't have 100 acres. But I got my little one acre, and so I think sometimes we don't obey because we're like, you know what, I don't have a reference for that. Let me just say this to you. Oh, oh, when I get a million dollars, then I'll start being generous. There's no reference for that. Oh, oh, when I get out of debt, then I'll start tithing. No, no. Oh, oh, when I get the promotion, then I'll be generous. No, no, God's just saying be faithful in the field that you're in now. You will never get into a field like that until we're faithful in the field with our little spreader. My lawn, if I want a good lawn, I got to get this little bad boy out this year. I got to weed some things and I got to begin to sow some seed. And I got to do it year after year, week after week, and make sure I do it in the right way. Does that make sense, guys? Be faithful in your field. A couple of verses. This verse is on our generosity boxes, Proverbs eleven twenty four. 24. It says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger, and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. One translation says it this way, there's one who scatters yet increases more. And there's one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich and he who waters will also be watered. Those are amazing, amazing verses. Let me talk to you about tithing for a minute. So when I'm talking about this vision offering and vision giving, and I said it last week, I said it a little strong, so I I hope you still love me. Um, Sometimes I do that. But but the, the thought is, you know, maybe the next step for you in your walk with God is tithing. And I'm gonna talk about tithing. Many people say, well, tithing's not the, the New Testament, tithing's the Old Testament, and tithing's the law. I'm gonna to prove to you biblically today that that's not true. And I love all the people that usually say that. They usually give less than 10%. <laughs> they're like, man, I just, the, the Bible loves a generous giver, and the tithe is the law, but they never give 10%. It's like, okay, well, yeah, New Testament is everything, it's more, right? And so, so we don't, let's do not use an argument that's not biblical to get ourselves out or to get away from the reference that God wants us to be generous in. So this is what he says with tithing in Malachi. I promise you, some of y'all are worried right now, I promise you this is gonna change your life if you'll open up your heart and receive it. I, pr- I got so many stories in my life about tithing and being generous. It says this in Malachi, 10, 11 through t- uh, Malachi 3, 11, 10 through 11, bring all your tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord. The only place he says, two places he said, testing, this is one of them. If I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings so much that you cannot even contain it, or there's not room to receive it all, and I, and this is big, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. I need somebody debu- rebuking the devil for my sake in my in the areas of my job and my finances and my competence. I need God rebuking the devil. And I'll rebuke the devil for your sake, that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor the vine that will bear fruit for you in your field, says the Lord of hosts. So he's talking about tithing, and he's talking about the discipline of tithing. Let me just say, tithing is a discipline. It's week after week, or month after month, in the good times and the bad times. It's not just in, this, in tithe, it's very simple, it just means tenth or ten percent. Some of y'all are like, I don't know what 10%, I can't figure out 10%, I don't know. But Black Friday's coming. They're gonna tell you 33%. You'll be like, oh, that's $33. I'd say $33. <laughs> you get good math skills on Black Friday. Come on, somebody. But in church, like, I don't know, 10 times, 10th, 10th, 10th. I don't know. <laughs> I just, it's like, like, we get it, right? So the context here of what he's saying is the tithes is God's, bring it into the storehouse, it's, it's 10, if you have 10, uh, then one is mine, if you have 100, then 10 are mine, it's a 10th, they were giving God their worst, they were, they were bartering in a barter system, and they were giving God like one lamb out of 10, but it had like a broken leg, it was like a little skinny one, it was a little runt, and God was offended, he's like, man, I'm offended, like, you're gonna bring me the worst, like, I'm a, you wouldn't bring this to your governor. You wouldn't even bring this to your father. If I'm a father, where's my honor? And God begins to get a little bit offended. Like you're going to get offended at Christmas if someone gives you that, that junky little gift again. Like it's the thought that counts. No, it's not. No, it's not. God says it's not. God says it's the action that counts. I don't want a plaque. I don't want socks. Unless they come from Marcus Nelson. Come on, Nick. Yeah, I want that. You know, that I, I, I don't want... I, I, I want something nice. And, and so God's just saying, this tithe is mine. Bring it into the storehouse. Let me say this. Salvation has nothing to do with, with this. Please hear me. Salvation is a unilateral covenant only dependent upon God. God saves us. This is a bilateral covenant. Giving and generosity is a bilateral covenant. It, I give and I will, I will give back. Give and it will be given back. Give, and it should be pressed down. Whatever a man sows, he shall reap. So sparingly, reap sparingly. So bountifully, reap bountifully. There is seed in harvest. It's a bilateral covenant. It's conditional upon you and God, right? And so it's important for you to know that in the New Testament, in Hebrews 7, verse 8, he says this. Here, mortal men receive tithes. So like when we tithe or we bring it into the church, yes, the church receives that. But it says, but there, he receives them. Literally, when you tithe, This is a a scripture in the New Testament that supports tithing. When you tithe, Jesus actually receives it in his account and into your name and into your account. That one day you'll enter into heaven and there'll be an account that Jesus received your tithes and your offerings and it's all to bring him glory. So is that making sense at all today? I just I just want to, I'm going to show you a few more verses. I don't have a lot more time with you, but, but I think it's so important for us to understand tithing. I try to teach my kids this all the time. Um, we have something called vision partners. We're going to have a vision offering. We have vision partners, about 50 or 60 of them here at our church. Those are people that have said, you know what, I want to commit to giving above my tithe. Like it could be a dollar, it could be a thousand dollars, whatever it is, but Every year, they commit to giving above and beyond the tithe so that we can extend the vision and mission of our church. So maybe that's you. Maybe you're thinking about that this year. Maybe your step is just tithing. It's just going, okay, God, I'm going I'm to start there. And it takes faith. Listen to me. This, I'm not giving you a compulsion message today. This is, I promise you, I, I'm giving money away. This is not because the lights are on, the electricity paid. Staff is paid. This isn't like a desperate, like, you, you never get that from me, right? You never, you've never sensed that in our church. This is a vision thought, and, and I'm thinking for this for your life. I promise you, this is some devil-chasing stuff. And so, I teach my kids, I go out to dinner, I get a dessert. I say, hey, give me a bite of yours. Oh, boy. They will fight me. The complaining starts, the arguing starts, the manipulation starts. I mean everything, my kids. I'm like, just finally, once I talk them into giving me something, it's a microscopic sliver. It's like, it's like a crumb. I'm like, you serious? I'm like, I I could buy you a thousand cookies right now. You're going to not trust the one that just bought the cookies and put them on the plate? Like, like, listen. Somehow, for us, when it comes to God, why don't we trust Him when it comes to our supply? He could give us a thousand of whatever it is that we need. Praise God. I mean, let, me, let me say it this way. Tithing is not a treasure issue. It's a trust issue. It's not, it's not a money issue. And, and let me say it this way. Tithing dethrones me. It dethrones my life. It says, God, I trust you. I believe that you can supply. Why, why a tenth? Why a tenth? I'm going to give you some deep theology right here. Are you ready? Why a tenth? Ten represents the whole. 10 is the greatest number you can go to it's a complete number until you go to the next number 11, 11 is just 10 plus 1, in music it's called an octave there's 8 octaves and then you go to new beginnings in money it's 10, increments of 10 and that's completed. then you go to 11 one more on top, God is big into representation, if that wasn't the case you and I wouldn't be saved, he gave his son on the cross, his son represented all of humanity, God gave his best not his lame, God gave the sinless one, not the sinner, God accepted Jesus, therefore we are all Accepted. Jesus was God's tithe. Jesus was God's first and God's best. And God takes representation literally. So when you get a million dollars and you give a hundred thousand, that's the 10. The rest, nine hundred thousand, is actually represented in the hundred thousand. When you get a thousand dollars and you give a hundred, all of the money is represented in the hundred. So now God says, it's all represented in your 10, so I'm gonna bless and breathe on all of it because you've brought the 10. It's representation of all of it. I'm telling you, you have to tell the devil, get off God's stuff, devil. This is all God's stuff. But if you're, if you're not under a divine policy, you can't get great premiums with, with, you can't get full coverage with cheap premiums. You just can't. It's like I'm under a divine policy with God. That doesn't mean the devil's not going to try stuff on me. But every time he does, I'm like, hold up. This is God's stuff. My house, my money, my wallet, my kids, my giving, my gifts, my calling, the victories, the battle, all of it, It's yours, God. Devil, get off my stuff. And he's always got to pay back seven times, so I'm thankful. The other day we were we were worrying about something and a little thing, and you know, you, you, come on, listen. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean I don't get greedy. And then we and my wife, she's the holy one. She's the one that tithes, she ties on, on our tax return. I'm like, my God, we already tithed on that, babe. She's like, like we can't outgive God, baby. We can't outgive God. I was doing something the other day that was dumb. i repent for it, man. And I, and I, told, I told her to do something with our, with, with our tithe. I was like, do this and do that. And, you know, we'll do this. And she's like, she, she just, she didn't do it. <laughs> she going not obey God, <laughs> not me. And, and, then, and then, like, two weeks later, uh, uh, someone blesses our family with $1,000 cash. And she comes up to me, and she says, man, she says, Jamie, I love you, but I didn't do what you you'd wanted. And look at this. And I'm like, I repent, baby. You were right. And I was wrong. And, but just. It's easy to, in our culture and in society to get wanton or to, want to, to not trust that God can supply or to, to get worried or to kind of to hold on. It's easy to do that. And I think it's so important that as we give that 10, it represents everything. And all of a sudden God goes, okay, I'm going I'm to release some stuff on you. I've got a few more things to share with you. Um, in the Garden of Eden, God said, don't touch the, the tree. Eat from anything and everything, but don't t- touch the tree. It's set apart to me. It was the tithe. It was the tenth. And, and what Satan did and what Satan wanted to do was to curse mankind, to get mankind out of the garden. Satan didn't own the garden. He couldn't get mankind out of the garden. So he had to get mankind to curse himself because Satan can't curse what God has blessed. And so in order to get man and Adam and Eve out of the garden and out of the confines of this economic system that just blessed them and just came up from dew from the ground and just grew fruit and and they didn't work by the sweat of their brow and they just were blessed. In order to get them out of that environment, he had to trick them to touch and eat what God said, don't touch and don't eat. So he whispers to them, yeah, you'll be like God when you get to consume what only God's allowed to consume. You'll be like God when you get to touch what's set apart and sanctified to God. And that's what Satan still does to you and I today. Listen, the tithe is God's, and he tempts us and tricks us to try to touch that and try to take that. And literally when that happened, they got kicked out of the garden. Their family fell. Chaos entered their family. Brothers started killing brothers, and all this stuff hit when they began to touch what only God was allowed to touch. There was this weird curse that hit. Obviously, it was sin. But the the, the thing that Satan tricked them to do was touch what was consecrated to God. And I think so often, like, God says, you can eat all of this. Like, it wasn't like you can't have. It's like, why do we focus on the one-tenth that we can't have? I did an illustration here several years ago, and I decided not to do it today for time's sake. But I had two tables, and I took fruit and 10 apples and 10 cantaloupes and, and 10 uh, things of bananas. And every time I'd take 10, I'd put one on a table. By the end of the illustration, this table was overflowing with all types of fruit and God had like four pieces on his table. It was like, it's like we get so nervous. For time's sake, I'm gonna just speed up. But in, and this is the real heart of the message today. Let me just, let me just share this. There's a story in Genesis chapter 14. And in Genesis Y'all still with me for a minute? In Genesis chapter 14, it'll be on the screen for you, but I'm going to paraphrase it. You know the story. Abraham had got all of his goods stolen and his family got taken by the enemy and there was this battle that enraged. And Abraham got his sons and the sons of his house and the trained warriors and pursued and went. And the Bible says, got everything back, all of it. And now there's this scene in the middle of this field in the Valley of Kings and and King Cheddar Lomer, I call him King Cheddar, he had been defeated. And, and, and all of a sudden, after Abraham had won this battle and got all the goods back, this dude named Melchizedek shows up. Mechilzedek is Jesus. It's a picture of Jesus. His name means Prince of Righteousness, Prince of Peace. That, that was the name in the Old Testament. It's called a Theophany. It's where Jesus shows up in the Old Covenant. And this is really where tithe began. Besides the garden, tithing began right here. Many people say tithing is only Old Testament. No. Abraham was way before the law. He was 450 years before Moses. Moses wrote the law, so tithing was instituted right here with Abraham. Melchizedek comes down. He brings out bread and wine and and communion and has communion with Abraham. And it says that he blesses Abraham and then Abraham blesses him and it says that Abraham gives him a tithe of all, gives him a tenth. Basically saying all the battle is yours and all the goods are yours and God, you supplied and I got the victory because of you. But look what happens next. After he takes communion and makes covenant with God, this king named Sodom comes out. And it's very interesting, I think, I see it on the back screen, you don't have to put it up, we're out of time. This king named Sodom comes out, the king of Sodom. Sodom means burning, so this is the king of burning. Can anybody guess who that is? (laughs) His name actually means son of evil, king of burning, that's the devil. So Jesus is here making covenant, breaking bread, Abraham pays tithes, and the devil comes right out. And this is what the king of Sodom says, hey... Abraham, it blows my mind reading it. He says, Abraham, keep all the stuff and all the goods for yourself. Just give me the people. Now the king of Sodom said, give me the persons. You can put it back up. And take the goods for yourself. Satan said, give me the persons and keep the goods for yourself. And I'm just, I just want you to know, like, Satan is still tempting and still testing us. Say, so just keep the stuff and don't worry about the souls. Don't worry about the nations. Don't worry about the missions. Don't worry about another campus in Knoxville. Get your act together here. You know what I'm saying? Don't worry about like And he's tempting us all the time. And the reality is the world needs to experience what we've experienced the nations need to experience what we have. And I do not want to keep the stuff at the expense of the souls. The souls are what is valuable. Praise God. That's why we're doing this. And I, I just believe that you will never come up short. You'll never come up short when you give into eternity. I says, well, the church just wants my money. You're just giving to talk about my money. The church does want your money. So does the gym. So does the restaurant. So does all the other little great causes, coats for pets this year, (laughs) bird sanctuaries. Yeah, they all, it's all great causes, but there's no cause like the cause of Jesus Christ and everlasting life in the planet. There's no cause like this. I just want to pray for you, Father, thank you that we are sowers Thank you that the grass is not greener. Thank you that we are ones that will use a spreader. There's no compulsion. Lord, I pray that nobody leaves here feeling manipulated. Lord, we ain't passing no buckets. Lord, it's on you. I pray they would pray and that we would pray and that we would make a greater impact in 2022 than we've ever made in the history of our ministry. And God, the earth and the world needs the kingdom to come and your, your will to be done in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, would you give God praise this morning? Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.